I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Today we'll be covering a topic that you and I have talked about a lot, Brian, between the two of us, especially being a non-monogamous couple, and uh, we're really excited to cover it in more depth with each other and with all of you today, and that is male sexuality. Yeah, we actually had this conversation with a really very interesting gentleman just a few days ago, and uh, we can touch on that a little bit later. But the idea of male sexuality in the sphere of ethical non-monogamy seems to be, it's almost like the safe place for guys to have that conversation. Anywhere else, it almost seems very, un- it's very uncomfortable, but oh. within the world of ethical non-monogamy. This will be interesting. I already have a different perspective than you, so this is going to get really fun, guys. It's uh, I'm super excited for this episode. We'll talk about that shortly. First, we want to give a very big thank you to the partners of our podcast, Promescent. If you guys have not already checked out their amazing bedroom products, we definitely recommend that you do. We personally use the delay spray, for example, when we want to extend our sexy bedroom playtime, you know, for those nights that we just want a little extra spice. There's also things like the female arousal gel and my favorite lube the organic lube so make sure you go check out all of their products at promescent.com that is p-r-o-m-e-s-c-e-n-t.com and use our promo code swing 15 for 15 percent off of your order and also thank you to our second partner altplayground.net if you guys are looking for a non-monogamous adventure it is absolutely the place to be it is not your run-of-the-mill lifestyle site it also includes so many resources whether you're new or very experienced in the lifestyle and you just want to really dig in and understand the world of non-monogamy a little bit better, it's a great place to do that. Plus, of course, you can meet a lot of sexy, amazing folks, share photos, and do so much more. So head on over to altplayground.net today and start your next adventure. So sex in the news this week, we are excited to talk about it because we found what I am considering the most interesting sex toy to come out of COVID times that I have seen so far. Uh, Interesting is really a very polite way of saying bizarre. I find it bizarre. I don't understand it. I'm not really following it yet. I actually thought it was fake when you showed it to me. I thought it was like a gag. Yeah. Not following this whole thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not with it. So Bustle did an article on this particular toy. The article is called, This three-foot-long dildo is made for socially distant sex. And apparently a gentleman out of London developed a strap-on and dildo combination specifically marketed towards people who want to have distance sex. Yeah. And be safe while they do it. And I got to say, this thing is one of the most... Bizarre. That's a really good way to put it. The most bizarre things I have ever seen. It is, uh, here's here's my whole thing. How stiff does this thing have to be? There has to be something inside of it that actually makes you able to control it for three feet ahead of you. Well, from the picture, it doesn't look very rigid at all. It basically looks like your average rubber or latex, probably very heavy dildo. And I imagine you're holding on to that thing with two hands because you better be real careful because it's three feet long. Yeah. And first of all, let me just say this. I feel like there are better, more productive ways of having sex in this kind of time in life. You know, you don't want to... You don't want to be on top of each other. You don't want to be super close to each other. You want to enjoy some kind of connection, but you're just afraid to be in the same room, right? I just think you go digital. I just, I feel like you get a, 
I think it's a better experience. I mean, this is essentially a harness where they pull cue at the end of it. It's just <laughs> right. weird. So you're saying like be in the same room, but play with maybe like those, uh, the toys, for example, like Lilo and WeVibe both have toys where you can control them via an app on your phone. Yeah, they're remote. So like, I mean, we've been out to dinner a few times. You've actually worn a couple of yours and, you know, I've had it on my phone, the app, and I'm playing with it while you're, you know, talking to the server, which is kind of hot, or a conversation with anybody at the table next to us, which we've done before. Listen, you've got a partner maybe that you're not cohabitating with. Mail he or she one of these remote control toys download the app and you could do it digitally you and i were we were cross country from each other playing with one oh i thought you were saying be in the same room but truly distanced and watching each other do some things no because i imagine people using this three foot long harness dildo and harness are probably also masked up and like super concerned about you know catching something first of all if you're that concerned maybe better not be in the same room if that's a thing but if you do just want to connect somehow and you're distanced and you, and you say to yourself, well, I really want us to get together, but I'm really concerned about the, you know, the six foot thing. And then you decide to do this. Maybe try the remote thing instead. You know, try that first. Well, he says that he specifically develops the product. The gentleman that did it, Andrew, whatever his last name is, Andrew developed this product specifically because he wanted the connection of same room play without having to be right on top of the person that he was with. Then I stand by my original statement. Get them remote control and play that way. Because if you have two of them, most of those toys that we have discussed are... They're unisex. I think, think about how sexy it would be, for example, if your partner walked in, whoever you're, you happen to be playing Are with. Are we talking male heteronormative partners? What are we talking about? Anyone. They walk in the door, but they can't come anywhere near you. They have to stay right by the door. You have a chair sitting there. You have a couch, whatever you have set up. They walk in the door. They sit down. There are toys for them to manipulate themselves with sitting right there. And you are doing the same. And you're talking dirty to each other. But you know that you can't actually physically get up and touch each other other now that's hot i think that's how you do this correctly yeah and again i think the remote control piece adds a whole another level of stimulus because you are using a toy but i have control over it which is super sexy to me and especially again as you said if you're distanced apart like you can't use a, a vibrator on your partner if you're kind of playing this way sure so you, so it takes a little bit of the oomph out of it of course you're getting to watch it which is super hot but you're not able to be hands-on with the remote toys you totally can be yeah like you're in control you're determining the speed and the, the vibration and the rhythm and all that kind of stuff which is still very very hot to me and you don't have to be within six feet of each other listen i don't know what the answer is but i know the answer is not a three foot long dildo especially one that looks like this thing you it guys looks have comical. to you have to google it we literally thought it was a joke well, i was reading the article and i showed it to you and i said this cannot be real and then i did more research and it is absolutely real you can buy it we'll put it in the show notes i mean you got to see it because i thought from the ad from the picture because it looks almost cartoonish. Yes. Right? It's like something you like uh, Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner would be using at each other. Well, and the problem is like the design's all wrong too because it is so... Re- you know that like there's a difference between flesh color and like yeah, pe- skin, yeah. weird skin yeah. color. And that's what this thing is. It yeah. also has the most strange vein thing going on and it's three feet of veins. <laughs> yeah, it's very... Listen, it, I get as a novelty, it's almost like you want to have one just as a conversation piece, kind of like a piece of art that you'd hang on the wall for people to go, ooh, that's really very interesting. I can't imagine anybody really Are wanting to Are you saying we're going to this. put a dildo on our wall as a conversation piece? I mean, if you're okay with that, I would totally do that. It's <laughs> the only reason would. I would purchase that thing. Also, what is, what's the mail carrier thinking when that thing shows up? Oh, exa- well, I mean, it has to be, I would assume it comes in like a poster tube type Yeah, we thing. assume that as well. And we got a box once that said 12 9-inch dildos. Right. It, the box said that. 
Yep. Yep. So the mail carrier obviously now just throws our mail on the front porch. They don't even <laughs> stop the vehicle as they drive by. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I think the digital thing, the remote thing, I think there's some sexiness there that can really can have some, uh, some fun with that. Like you just mentioned, being in the same room, but on different pieces of furniture across from each other, watching each other. That's kind of hot. But the idea of the, the three foot long dildo and harness, to me, sounds quite dangerous, actually. That could, go, that, that could go south. You really can poke brutal. an eye out with you, that. Thing. I mean, you could easily put an eye out. It's all fun and games till you lose an eye with the dildo. You also have no con- real control over the thing. No, again, like I said, you're going to have to hold that thing with two hands, like you got like it's a fire hose. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. So yeah, totally take a look at it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's a conversation starter anyway. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we need to get to our conversation this week, which I'm very excited for. Like I said, this is something that we talk a lot about, and I actually have been doing some research of my own in terms of male sexuality and just kind of like the overall scope outside of the lifestyle because I think that's an important thing too. There are a lot of people that are potentially looking to go into the world of non-monogamy but have kind of maybe skewed versions of what it's going to be like from a sexuality perspective once they get into it. So we'll talk about that as well. But obviously you are the male half. Do you want to open up this conversation a little bit? Well, yeah. And let's just say we did have a conversation with Jeff Abraham. He is the CEO of Promescent. We had a lovely conversation with him just the other day about this very subject because, I mean, who else do you go to besides the CEO of Promescent to talk about male sexuality and all that good stuff? And it was really very enlightening because I, I enjoy talking to him and I enjoyed his perspective. I think we shared the same perspective in a lot of ways. So, you know, again, I think you and I are going to, we veer off because of our age. You are 30, I am 50. We have different perspectives on what sexuality in a lot of ways looks like, not to mention male sexuality. And as I mentioned at the, the top of the show, with guys in the lifestyle, they are absolutely more comfortable having conversations. And I think I said this to Jeff about the you know, swinger insurance, quote unquote. Guys are much more apt to have a conversation about male sexuality because that community breeds openness, right? You have to be, you really do have to be honest with each other, with partners, with your particular partner, with people with whom you may play. You have to be honest with those people. So if you don't talk directly and succinctly about what it is that you need from a sexual perspective, particularly as a guy, right? We've talked about this before. I think you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And in a lot of ways, the swinger world, the ethical non-monogamous world, is a, it's a, driven by the ladies for the most part. And the guys are a lot of times, you know, they're not part of the conversation. It's driven by the gals. The guys are, they just kind of sit back and wait to be told where they can go and what they can do and where, you know, that kind of thing. But when it comes to the sexuality perspective, those the guys are very quick to talk to each other. I just see it more in that space than I ever saw it in Vanilla Life. So I would agree. I mean, obviously, we've talked about this many times on our other podcast from Poor Swingers and with each other and with listeners. Yes, it is a very female-centric lifestyle. And I personally love that because I like the fact that I, I think there's always that level of peace of mind that I receive from someone if I know that the woman is the one that is driving the show, directing the traffic, so to speak, because it makes me feel as if she is 100% bought into this and she's not being drug along by her male partner. I think there are a lot of stereotypes out there of the man wanting to swing and he's kind of hooked his partner somehow and she's doing this, you know, not necessarily against her will, but let's say not with enthusiasm. Yeah, she's less than enthusiastic about it, which by the way, we, for those of you listening, that is not the case from the people that we have met, the large majority of people we've met in this lifestyle. For example... 
you're the one that brought it up in our relationship. Yeah, it's so, actually there are studies the that show it's actually 50-50. Yeah. 50% of the time it's the man bringing it up, 50% of the time it's the one woman bringing it up, which I think once again breaks a lot of stereotypes. Yeah, it absolutely does. Women not wanting to necessarily do this and it's the men driving things. That's not the the case once you actually get into the lifestyle and you start talking to people. No. My major concern with that is that I sometimes feel a disconnect. And this is obviously, we're talking in terms of couples. If you and I meet a couple, it's almost as if the man is afraid to flirt, is afraid to connect with me as the other woman. The wife and I are typically the ones that are flirting back and forth and you guys are almost taking a back seat. And my concern with that is a couple of things. One, are you as the male partner not inter- not as interested in this? Or two, are you concerned that you're going to say something that you shouldn't because of the stigma that has been placed on men and their sexuality as being these aggressors? Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. First, let's say this. We've had a lot of experiences with couples. The one experience that we had that was not ideal, let's say, that particular experience, there was a lot of red flags. Yes, And it was our second experience with a couple getting into the lifestyle. So we didn't see those red flags immediately. Right. Not until after the experience and we had a seven-hour car ride to dissect it. But when you think back on that, in the beginning when we were communicating with them to begin with, it was really the gentleman of the couple that did all the communicating with you. Yes. I had very little interaction with the lady of the couple. Right. And as it turns out, she was simply... I don't want to say along for the ride, but she was not as enthusiastic as he was about our interaction. Right. It had nothing to do with you or I necessarily, although she was very conscious of the fact that you were half her age right. at the time. And so that was a bit of an issue. But you did most of the communicating with him. So in what you just said, I just want to make clear that the one time we had that happen where the male portion of the couple was in the driver's seat, so to speak, it was a, it was not a great experience. Let's sure. just say that. Now, back to what you just said. When we're with a couple, we meet a couple for the very first time. A lot of times what you've got are two guys, we're feeling each other out a little bit because instinctively we both know that the other is interested, at least on some level, in being intimate or physical with our partner. I'm instantly hackles up anyway. Really? Because I have, well, I have to be from a, from a safety standpoint. I don't know the guy. This isn't a situation where it's one of our regular playmates, one of your regular playmates, and they, they come in the house, we have a drink, we high five, and boom, it's no big deal, we have dinner or whatever. That's not a situation, that, that's not the situation I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is meeting people for the first time. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down and there's a gentleman couple, there's a gentleman and a gal and a couple, and we're sitting and talking with them, the first thing I have to remember is, above all else, he's trying to get you into bed. That's number one. So I have to vet this guy. So before we start getting friendly or I start getting really friendly with his gal or he does with you, we're feeling each other out for the most part. So that's the thing that happens. And guys do that anyway. Okay. So if two guys happen to meet at a bar, they don't know each other, they're sitting next to each other at the bar or standing next to each other at the bar. Somebody strikes up a conversation. First thing you're thinking is, why is this guy talking to me? What's he up to? What's his angle? What's his game? That is so interesting. That's what I That's what I go to. But again, I have a very different past than most. So <laughs> for me, the first thing I'm thinking of is, why is the guy talking to me? What, is, what are his motives? And where is this going to go? Where is this going to lead? It's the first thing that pops in my head. And that's, that's what happens with me personally. So when you ask me, we talked about this many times when we meet with couples, was I a little reserved? Yeah, the first time out, I'm a little reserved. Also, let's keep this in mind. Again, I am 
20 years your senior. The couples with whom we meet most of the time and with whom we play, with only one exception, are my age. Right. They're my age group or older. We've only ever really had an experience with a couple your age once. And that was a soft swap experience. Right. So when you've got two guys my age sitting across from each other, we were brought up in a different time. There's there's still a level of chivalry, in my opinion, that has to exist. And frankly, if there's not from the person sitting across from me who is also my age, I have to question his motives. Because I know he was brought up the same time I was. Probably, to some degree, we have very similar values. And we're going to let the ladies drive the drive. You know, we're going to let you drive the ship. We are going to hold the door open for you. It's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It's nice to meet you. It's thank you so much. It's all those things. It's never, you know, the cat calling, the whistling, the grabbing the leg under the table, unless we've been given permission. You know, it's like one of those things, like, I don't, I don't go to a party that I'm not invited to kind of thing until I get some feeling that there's a, there's a mutual attraction sure, or, or consent in this case. Right. I got to take a step back. So from my perspective, when I hear you say that, and I, I totally understand that and appreciate that. I love when a guy is a gentleman, but when I hear that, I, I'm immediately thinking in my head, okay, we're in a situation in which we're all looking to potentially connect and be intimate with each other. And although, yes, there is that feeling out period always, I mean, we've never gone into a situation and just immediately jumped into flirting. That's not right. really who we are. We like to get to know people and talk a little bit. But I get the sense, and it's not just from you, and it's not even just from the guys that we have sat down with as, as the, the half of a couple that we're you know, meeting for the potential of playing. It's guys in the lifestyle in general are cautious <laughs> and maybe sometimes overly so. And what I mean by that is I think that as a society, especially because of Me Too and because of, you know, all of these horrible things that have happened to women at the hands of men, there is now this kind of cloud that hangs over men's sexuality, period, unless it's with your partner, right? Yeah. Of like, you you have to be overly respectful. You have to be overly cautious. And in a situation in which it's meant to be flirtatious and fun, that can hinder the overall goal. For sure. And we've, again, we have been in situations where we may, you, you might say, potentially missed out on playing with couples because we were so cautious. However, I will say, while it's a disappointment when you kind of maybe miss those opportunities, I would rather err on the side of caution. So for me, I'm not, as you know, I'm not comfortable being the, let's just call it aggressor in a situation like that. I need to know that the gal is interested, that her partner is on board, and most importantly, that you're on board. Now, we have some friends that we know very well. They're they're great friends of ours. They've become some of our best friends, and they're lifestyle folks with whom we meet and play. And a lot of times, we just have dinner or drinks with them. We know when it's time to flirt with them, right? We'll be out to dinner or drinks. The last time we were together, mm-hmm. we sit on one side of the booth on the table. They sit on the other. As soon as you and and she get up and switch seats, that's how the two of us, he and I, know that. It's, it's playtime. Sure. You know, so we play musical chairs a little bit, or he and I will get up and switch seats. But all of that is done, obviously, in fun because we really know each other very well. But that, to me, is a green light. So that's how I know to go forward. Right. That, that to me, tells me everything I need to know. If we're at a, on a dinner date, let's call it, with a new couple, and there aren't those very obvious signs... I'm going to be very hesitant to bring it up, which is why you most of the time are the one or she most of the time, the other gal will bring it up or you guys will, you gals will talk about it together privately as you step away and use the restroom or whatever the case may be. But very rarely, as you know, will I ever do that. I don't have that. I'm not that ambitious when it comes to stepping out there and looking like a fool or stepping out there and not, you know, having proper consent. 
You know? Yeah, I don't think it's an issue of not being ambitious. I, the way that you describe it to me is that you are, like I said, overly cautious. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that, like you said, erring on the side of cautiousness in these types of situations is definitely the way to go. M- my only concern, and, and the reason I bring it up is because I think... A lot of times there is that idea of if you flirt, if you're a man and you flirt with a woman and you do it in a way that isn't seen as 100% respectful by her, it's going to completely ruin the situation. And I think that there are ways to to overcome that. I think there are ways to do it respectfully and coyly. And if you get shot down, you have to be able to go, okay, no big deal and walk away. And I think that that's something that more men need to learn how to do. No, there's no question. It's Listen, guys are terrible at this. The old saying that we don't know the first thing about women is not untrue. <laughs> right. We really don't. Well, and is it also that you don't like you don't like being rejected? No. Listen, no. I come Not from, you specifically. No. I'm talking men in general. Yeah, I'm sure there's a part of that. But if you're going to be in this lifestyle, here's the thing. I come from a world where being around females for a living was part of what I did. It was the adult entertainment world, and I did it for a very long time. So I'm very comfortable being around women. For a period of time in my life, I was more comfortable being around women. I can have a conversation with a woman much easier than a, than a man. Because the truth is, especially as you talk about sexuality, women are much quicker to open up about that right. than a guy. There, I've had friends for 30 and 35 years who could not possibly talk to me about their sexual habits with their partner. A gal... For sure, she'll, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Just ask me. Right. You know, guys don't do that. That not in the vanilla world, right? right? That's 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 not the same thing. So for me, that cautiousness isn't a rejection thing because we're in a lifestyle where people aren't always attracted to each other. It's not always going to be a match. Very difficult four way connection. Very difficult. You got to be prepared going in, knowing that you are not going to hit a home run every time you get up to bat. So I think that's just instinctual. I think more than anything, it's you don't want to be offensive. I don't want to be offensive. Sure. I don't want to be the the turd in the punch bowl, so to speak. I want that's to know. That's a gross saying. I've never heard that before. Let's never say that again. Well, I don't want to be that. Yeah, that's so, gross. Yeah, no, it's disgusting. I don't want to be the guy who steps, who oversteps his bounds. I don't want sure. to be the guy who breaks that consent. Yeah, I just don't want to be that guy. Right. And then, and again, what you said with the you know the Me Too movement and all the horrific things that are now that are just only now coming out about what you know how men have treated women, particularly in in different industries and power and privilege and those kinds of things. I felt that way long before. I, I was never that guy, as you know. I, I, I would never do those things. Sure. I just didn't have it in me. But I think it's almost gone too far the other way because now I, I'm concerned, and especially with single guys, which I want to talk to you about here shortly. Yeah. But I think with a lot of men have no idea how to ask for consent, and so they just straight up don't ask. Right. And I think that there is a way to do it that is sexy, that can move the sexual energy forward. I love, for example, I still remember this, one of my favorite moments with any couple, we've never actually played with them. I've kissed them a couple times, but we have never played with them. I don't think you've even kissed the wife. I'm not sure who we're referring to. Our friends that live in the next state over. Yeah, yeah. So th- he, the first time that we hung out with them, we hung out with them all day long, we were at their hotel room, and he asked if he could kiss me and he did it with this look of like just you know he had this smile on his face and he was looking very sexy i was already super attracted to him he was feeling the energy and knew that i kind of wanted to too or at least he had an idea that i did and instead of just going in for a kiss he very politely yet sexily is that a word sexily it is now okay sexily (laughs) asked if he could kiss me and i loved that moment it wasn't even a sexual moment i mean it was it had sexual undertones but it was the fact that he had the confidence to just ask me for a kiss and i feel like more guys need to do that well i'll go back to my what i said earlier those folks were more 
my age. He's a guy that understands. Actually, he's closer to my age. Is that right? He's he? mid-30s. She's mid-40s. She's closer to my age. Yep. Right. That's right. They were an age gap couple in the opposite direction. Yep. Well, the good news is he was with someone who is closer to my age, who right. understands how to treat a lady. And, you know, you're not just going to aggressively grab a hold of someone's partner and smack one on them. That's not the way that they certainly didn't behave that way. I didn't right. see any of that in them. And so I'm not, I wasn't the least bit surprised when you told me that's what he had done. And I think there was like in an elevator type situation, right? We were, no, it was in their room. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, that's the way it should be. Certainly the way I would have done it. But probably a lot of guys would wouldn't have asked. They just wouldn't have done it, period. That's my point. No, I, I probably wouldn't have. Exactly. And you're not alone. There are a lot of guys who wouldn't have. It would have been like, well, I could ask, but I don't, you know, I, I don't want to come across as the aggressor. I don't want to come across as creepy. And if she doesn't want me to kiss her, then it's going to get awkward. So I'm just not going to ask. Yeah. And I think that's the shift that needs to happen from my perspective is like, be willing to go out there and do it respectfully and in kind of a fun way. And if, you, if you're if you told no, okay, no worries. And that's the end of it. Well, the conversa- what we have done in conversations with folks as we have become far more experienced in the lifestyle, the direction of the conversation we have with people with whom we just meet that we have an interest in and we have a, you know, a set of codes that lets each of us know that we're interested in going further. And again, we're talking about sitting at a bar, sitting at a, at a table at dinner in a restaurant. We know how to connect with one another to you know, let the other partner know, hey, I'm interested if you want to go forward. What we have done is we have created our own language, basically. Mm-hmm. And we have been able to say to a couple, so we've had a great time. We would love to continue this if you guys are interested kind of thing. And that's when they either give us that feedback of, yes, absolutely, let's let's take it somewhere else, go back to our place or your place or whatever. Once that transition has, has happened and we've gone from the initial meet and dinner and drinks to something that becomes a little bit more private and intimate, I think the guard comes down a little bit more. That's when we position ourselves a little bit differently. You sit next to he, I sit next to her. And then, of course, I think organically things start to take shape. And it could be something as simple as touching a a gal's hand, a hand on the thigh, those kinds of things that are not overly aggressive, but let someone know that there's an interest. Yeah. That's worked for us. It's still sexy, though, if you go, hey, would you mind if I touch your leg? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, that's how it works for us. It has worked very well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, from from the... A standpoint of guys having those conversations with each other, like in the vanilla world, they that doesn't happen. Well, and I want to transition a little bit and talk about single guys because for many of them, they are not in the lifestyle, right? They they potentially right. want to interact with people in the lifestyle. Right. But a lot of times, many of the guys that we correspond with are guys that are sexually interested, but really don't have a full understanding of what it means to be in the lifestyle. Right. And therefore, I consider them vanilla guys, right? They are. Most of them are. Most of the gentlemen with whom we meet to for you to play as a, as a single male, most of them, eight out of 10, let's call it, are absolutely vanilla. They've never been in a, a situation like that before. So yeah, they're, they're really brand new to that space. And it really does create this interesting dichotomy when you're experiencing true lifestyle couples or, or guys who are very experienced in the lifestyle versus, like we said, these vanilla guys. Because yes. I think what you find is that these quote-unquote vanilla single men are very impacted and they're very influenced by some 
in my opinion, strange things from a sexuality perspective. I don't think they necessarily are strange. I think that they're pretty common and uh, almost universal, I would say. But as a woman, I can't necessarily relate to them. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that too. So what are they? Well, for example, especially when it gets to the point of I'm actually going to play with some of these guys, I feel like even if they have been the most gentlemanly people ever up to that point, even if they have asked for my consent, there becomes this mindset of like, it's just about a physical action. And I, I strongly believe that it has a lot to do with porn. 100%. We, already, we know that. We, we've seen many studies on that. Yeah, I think especially guys my age, because like we grew up with the internet. I mean, the internet was, porn sites became huge when I was like in junior high. Right. So guys that are my age have had access to porn for pretty much, you know, half or longer of their years yeah. of their lives. And, and because of that, I think that they have a very skewed version of what male sexuality looks like. I think they assume and that, so what they assume is that as a man, Yes, you have to be respectful. Once again, we would never get to the point of me playing with someone if they weren't respectful and, and didn't ask for my consent right. first. So they know that part of it. They're not clueless when it comes to the lead up, but the physical action itself becomes, I am going to throw you on the bed and jackhammer you. That's right. what's going to happen. And I mean, you see it manifested in so many different ways. A lack of oral, for example. A lot of them don't even offer to provide oral, even if I provide oral for them. Things like a hand on the back of the head, that drives me insane. Unless you know me and unless you've asked for my consent, do not put your hand on the back of my head. But you see that in pretty much every porn, I should say heterosexual porn that I can think of. Yeah, so... Let's well, we, well. Let's dissect this a little bit. First of all, when we talk about you playing with single guys, the vetting for single men for us is rigorous. Yes. I do the majority of that, and while we don't need to get into it on this show, we do enough of it on Front Porch Swingers. If you've gotten to the point as a single guy where we're going to sit down and have a cocktail with you to determine real face-to-face chemistry, you've already checked a whole lot of boxes. Right. Because for us to get to that point, I have interacted with probably 50 to 75 guys. Right. Okay, so one out of 50 or 75 maybe makes it, right? Right. So you've already managed to get to that point. Now when we're sitting across from you, a lot of things have to come into play. I have to be able to shake your hand, look you in the eye, sit down with you, have a drink, and just have a genuine conversation. We're not talking about sex or intimacy at this point. I just want to know who this person is as a person. Can he hold a conversation with me? Can he look me in the eye? Can he look you in the eye? Or is he constantly looking down at the floor and not able to make eye contact? When he shakes my hand, is it like the dead fish or is he really shaking my hand because he's genuinely excited to meet me and is an honest and you know kind of a normal normative type person? All those things come into play. Then, if it gets to the point where you're going to play with that person, that's when things can take a kind of a strange turn, right? Because if they're not lifestyle oriented, as we have found out, they do much like you said. It is missionary. It's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They don't know any better. And here's why. Because male sexuality amongst, amongst other men talking to men is very different, especially younger single guys. I was a young single guy, even 100 years ago. I could not imagine back then being able to have a conversation with a friend about male performance or my oral skills or any of those things. It was all about the conquest. 
Hey, did you, know, did you get laid last night? Yeah, sure did. Mary Jane, whatever her name is. You know, those kinds of things. It's hookup culture. That's that, what Well, it that's is. all it is. That's the conversation. You either did or did not hook up. Right. That That's as far as sexuality goes, particularly in the younger vanilla world. And like you world. said, it's a conquest. It's a conquest. That's all it is. You either did, you you succeeded or you failed. Right. There was nothing in the middle. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, it really didn't work out. I, I was so in my own head. I couldn't perform. No way they have those conversations. If that's something that actually happened, it will manifest into, yeah, we just didn't hit it off. That That's what happens. Now, with older guys like myself, lifestyle-centric guys who get it, we can have those conversations openly. And we often do. We have them all the time with our friends in the lifestyle. You know, we had this amazing experience. We were, you know, we were in Vegas. We were here and we were with this couple. And man, I just had too many drinks and I just couldn't perform. So I don't drink like that anymore. You know, now I keep a Cialis with me just in case or, you know, or, or spray. I got something with me, you know. We have those conversations. Two, two younger dudes are not talking about that. Uh, to me, it's not age. You're focusing on the age portion of it. To me, the key there is the lifestyle. For sure. Because I have also been with older men who people far closer to your age than mine that still had that bro mentality when it came to having sex with me. Well, let's it talk was, about why though. Okay. Why, I, why you think it is why I think it is. Okay. Why do you think it is? Well, I think it's because no matter your age, if you haven't given yourself the opportunity to really learn from your own sexuality, you're not going to improve. And, and I think the way you typically learn from your own sexuality is you either A, research it and really dive into it yourself and have deep thoughts about it, or you talk to other people about it. And if you're doing neither of those things, then you go your entire life basically thinking that what you're doing is not only okay, but it works. Yeah. I also think that guys are selfish typically. And I, I'm not saying as a whole, but I, I'm saying I've been with a lot of very selfish men. People who, from a sexual perspective, want to get off. They want to get to that finish line of having an, an orgasm themselves and don't necessarily care about the woman's pleasure. And there is no incentive for them along the way to fix that because they've been with women that allow that to happen. So my perspective is very different. Okay. And we were just talking about this earlier, right? We were out at brunch and we were talking about men and women and boy meets girl kind of thing. Guys my age that we have encountered, particularly those not in the lifestyle, these are guys who are not ethically non-monogamous, but have found themselves newly single after having been married for 20 plus years and living a very vanilla life with a very, with a less than satisfying sexual or in intimate relationship with their partner. What you've got is someone a lot of times, and we've met these people, they were married to their high school sweetheart. You know, it's 22, 25 years, and now they find themselves single. Well, for the last 22 or 25 years, they have forgotten how to speak to, to women. They don't know what, they can't have a conversation with a, with a woman outside of their partner. They don't know how. All they were probably doing was arguing with her. They certainly don't know how to necessarily satisfy a woman or talk to a woman about what will satisfy her because they were not permitted to have those conversations because their relationship was in the tank. So now you got a guy who, like, and we've experienced this, newly single, just got divorced. He's out on the prowl. He's been in this terrible relationship for 10 years. Finally gets to meet a woman who is, who's got sexual prowess, who is powerful, who, is, who owns her own sexuality. And it is a disaster for him yes. because he is not prepared. He's not prepared for a woman to, I don't want to say take charge because you're more of a submissive person, but you know, you're going to- Not put with him, guys like that. If you're beta, I'm going to take right. control really quick. But, you're, but you put them through their paces real quick and they don't take direction. When I, because I talk to these guys and I tell them, hey, X, Y, and Z, not going to work. You need to be real careful. You need to do A, B, and C. And 
A lot of times they're just so caught up in the moment, they don't even remember what we talked about, and they find themselves in trouble. You know, when was the last time you think one of those guys actually performed oral sex on their partner? Probably at prom. Who knows? So their, their history with, with women, it's not vast. It's limited. Mm-hmm. So then you let the guy out. It's like a, it's like a wild animal, right? Animal's been caged up its entire adult life. Now you let the thing out, it's going crazy. It's peeing on all the trees. It's going nuts. That's, that's what they do. Guys, unfortunately, do not take the time to educate themselves. We've talked about this. And I'll say it here because we say it on Front Porch Swingers all the time. If you're a single guy and you want to get into the world of ethical non-monogamy, whether it's polyamory, you want to become a third with a couple, or you just want to live solo poly, whatever the case may be, you better educate yourself. There's a lot of material out there that you can you can learn from. And you really need to dig into it because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in some very awkward and unpleasant situations getting started in this. Right. And again, it comes down to having a conversation about sexuality. You have to determine as a guy particularly, for me, I think so, you really need to own your sexuality. You need to know what that means to you. What do you need? What are you inexperienced with? That's the thing you find with guys a lot of times. They don't want to admit that they don't know something. Right. The last thing a guy wants to admit to is, yeah, I've only actually performed oral like three times in my life. Why is that? Is that a socialization from society's perspective? As yes. in you're supposed to be some sort of a, yes. a sexual lothario and you're supposed to just a, know what you're doing straight out of the... It's a male, masculine, alpha thing that very few guys that are like that are going to admit they don't have an understanding of something. You know, again, I do relate it back to age because I most of the guys I know, my friends, people I, I've grown up with, that's their perspective. Mm-hmm. And they're not about to admit they don't know something. There's nothing worse than watching the look on a guy's face and the, the energy just drain from him when he has come to the realization that he is completely lost in something and now has to take direction from someone who he perceives to be less masculine or alpha than him. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has to be taught something and he has to learn something from someone who he doesn't perceive as a peer. It's it's just, it's brutal to watch. I mean, the life just drains from them. That's so unfortunate. It is. Imagine you're a 40-something-year-old guy with the opportunity to have an experience with a, a gal like yourself who's 15 years their junior. How amazing that must be. But they're in a place that they are completely with, they're completely unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really know what they're doing. They're going to treat you like they have treated the only woman probably they've been with in the last 20 years, which is terrible. Part of why you're not together anymore, most likely. That fuse went out a long time ago, and you haven't really had those experiences. And the one thing guys, I think, make a mistake doing as it pertains to sexuality, if you're a guy in a relationship, you're getting out of a long-term relationship, and for the first time you find yourself available and in the world as a single person, Besides educating yourself, you really need to start slow. Like you need to go out and talk to people. You need to go out with some friends and have the opportunity to chat with your friends' gals. Talk to your friends' partners. Talk to people with whom you work potentially, not on a sexual basis. Just learn to have a conversation with people of the opposite sex if that is in fact what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're heteronormative, you need to be able to speak to women cogently and have a cogent conversation. Look them in the eye. Don't look them in the boobs. You know, all those kinds of things that these guys are probably not prepared to do because they have lived a life of restraint for so long. Yeah. I mean, I think 
a lot of what you're describing, and I know it's kind of one of those buzzwords that people roll their eyes when you say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's the perfect way to describe a lot of what we're talking about, is toxic masculinity. It's this idea of you are ingrained with how you should be as a man, and if you are not those things, you are considered less than. It's the same reason that people look down upon men who want to be cuckolds or men that want to be submissives in the BDSM world. You are seen as not as masculine and not as worthy as a man if you want some of those things. And I think it's it's really the responsibility of men to start changing that. Well, that's what we're doing, right? I mean, that's what we're doing in our space, at least, you know, the people that we interact with. I mean, you take me, for example. Is there a better example of that than myself? Is there anyone? Someone that goes against the grain on that, you Yeah, mean? I mean, do you know, someone who doesn't know me, we met someone on the street, doesn't know anything about us. Do you think for the for a second, the first time they interact with me, that they think that we live a hot wife kind of experience and we play in the cuckold space and we play in the poly space and that I, quote unquote, allow my partner to have intimacy <laughs> with other people? Do I appear to be that guy? No. So- of course, right away. When and they... let's explain why. For those of you who have maybe not seen Brian, if anyone is not super familiar with like our social media accounts or our YouTube channel, you are a large man. <laughs> you are, what, 200 pounds of muscle. Uh, I mean, you know, 6'1", 200 pounds. I've got a shaved head. I look like the quintessential nut job when you, you know, if you meet him on the street kind you of thing. You look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I, we got stopped in Vegas. A guy wanted my autograph. I totally should have done it for him. So, yeah, I mean, when people get an image in their head of, like you said, the, the you know, the cuckold or the poly guy or the hot wife, you know, the husband stag. or partner, the, you know, the stag. It's like they get this image of this little guy who's super weak and the, the woman just runs over him and she gets to do whatever she wants and he doesn't get to enjoy himself. You could not be further from the truth yeah. because I am not that guy. That That's not it at all. I enjoy what I enjoy. I'm, I'm very clear with my sexuality. I'm very comfortable with my sexuality. I know what I want and what I don't want, what right. I need and what I prefer. I don't... I don't need to have some stigma about my appearance or what people think of me or what their opinion is of me. I don't care about that. And until guys get over that, they're just going to be stuck in that rut. If you can't be honest with what you want, you are destined to be miserable, particularly when it comes to relationships. You've got to be clear about it. Be clear up front. For the guys getting out of long-term relationships, getting into the world of being single and potentially on the hunt for another relationship, be it a poly, ethically non-monogamous, whatever, or vanilla. You better be 100% honest with what you need going into the next relationship, or you are destined to repeat the same action that you just got yourself out of. You got to be clear. Yeah, I agree. I think from my perspective, the way that this changes is men starting to call other men out on it. I think a lot of times what happens is even if you are not that guy, even if you're not the misogynistic guy, you're not the conquest guy, you're not the hookup culture guy, but you're sitting with a group of guys and they're all talking and you're not standing up for what is right in that situation, you are part of the problem. You are perpetuating the idea that it's okay to behave in that way and it's okay to, for men to present themselves and their sexualities in that way. And I think the more that men can really go, hey, you know what, maybe let's like let's not talk about the woman that you just had sex with in that way. Or like, hey, I don't really love the fact that you, you know, degrade women on a sexual basis or in terms of their sexuality. Those conversations need to happen more. The other thing I'll say is if you are a man and you don't have females in your life that you can go to and bounce some of these things off of and really get their perspective on what it means to have a healthy male sexuality and to show it in a healthy way, 
you really should seek that out. I think every man should have that in his life, just like every woman should have that in her life with a man. For sure. Yes, if you're living heteronormatively, you need to be able to bounce ideas off of the opposite sex. I mean, who knows better than a woman how to speak to a woman, particularly if that woman knows the woman with whom you're referring. All of those things matter. Guys, you know, guys are kind of simple for the most part. Although they try to appear to be simple, the truth of the matter is they're really not. But very few of them are going to be willing to come out to their friends, particularly other guys, about their sexuality. Maybe if one of the guys is more vulnerable and brings it up in the right setting, you might get some of that out of them. And if that happens, be receptive. Yeah, you need, yeah, you not only need to be receptive, you need to be non-judgmental and take that opportunity, seize it and say, hey man, I, I feel the same way. Or, you know, I don't feel that way, but this is something that it has been affecting me. That's how that gets broken. That, that's yep. how you get out of that rut. I will say, however, again, those of us in the ethical non-monogamous sphere do not suffer from that. And we don't know guys who are, listen, we know plenty of guys who, who play in the cuckold or couples who play in the cuckold world or the hot wife world and all those things. These are successful, on the surface, very normal, healthy males who are absolutely in touch with their sexuality and have no problem having a conversation about it. Yeah. That's the difference. And, it, and you know, they're also happier people. You are just happier when you're not stuffing all of that down. Yeah. You know, that's the thing guys have to get out out of their heads about. That would be the one thing. It's the thing we talk to all of the people that we work with about is getting out of your own way. Get out of your own head. It's just sex. That's all this is. Yeah. You know, we talked about it before. Don't take today. it too seriously. Yeah, it's boy meets girl or boy meets boy or girl meets girl, whatever it is. Don't overthink it. It's just not that complicated. Right. Absolutely. And I think all of these things that we're talking about are, once again, much easier said than done. Last week, we talked about overcoming sexual shame. And it was really easy for us to sit here and talk for 45 minutes about how we've done that ourselves. It's a lot more difficult to actually put it into action and go through those steps day in and day out. And overcoming some of that toxic masculinity is very much the same way. It's not something that happens overnight. And it's not something you can just snap your fingers and start to fix. But it's those little steps that you can take. In addition, keep in mind we have a coaching service also called sex on your terms we talk to single guys about this exact topic all the time it is truly something that needs to be fixed and we're doing our part one person at a time trying to provide a little bit different perspective and if you would like some of that one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching we definitely recommend that you check us out on sexonyourterms.com. it has all the details there for you yeah and a little inside info most of the conversations that we have on this particular show come from those experiences with some of the people with whom we work because they are interesting they're they're important they're conversations topics that need to be addressed and and we like to educate people as quickly and hopefully as thoroughly as possible, particularly as it pertains to their own relationships and sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really glad we had this conversation. I think it's something that, like we just said, needs to happen more, not just between couples, between a man and a man and between a man and a woman and all sorts of ways to just open up about a male's sexuality. Guys, we hope that you will reach out to us with your topic suggestions, your questions, your comments on this episode or any of our past episodes at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. We love receiving your messages. Also, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at sexonyourterms. And again, you can find lots of resources for not only our coaching, but many other things on our website, sexonyourterms.com. Yeah, absolutely. Check us out. We'd love to help. And I think that's what we have for you guys this week. Much more coming your way very shortly every single Wednesday. And until then, we hope you enjoy sex on your terms.